Well, it has been, uh, it's been pretty fun hearing some of your comments this week as we uh, started. If you were here last Sunday, you watched it, we kind of gave you guys a challenge for 21 days to say, all right, for the next three weeks, we're going to be kind of having a prayer focused together and, and reading scripture and, and fasting from certain things, you know, whether it's giving up a, you know, TV for the day or giving up a meal or giving up you know, whatever. And uh, already I've had so many people that say, hey, uh, thanks a lot for that. No TV on Wednesday. Uh, that was uh, the w- hardest thing I've had to do all week long. Or, hey, the day that we had to give up sweets. Like I waited till 12.01, right after midnight, and I ate a cookie first thing. Like, but your heart and mind were on the Lord the whole time, aren't you? Isn't that great? But I, I know a lot of you took that challenge, and, and I know that it's, it's a powerful thing. And here's the thing, and I want to make sure that you, you hear this, is, you know, like all of us, probably there was a day or two in there, maybe you stumbled, and maybe you said, oh, I forgot I wasn't supposed to do this, or I did this, or maybe I had to change it. It's okay. Don't, don't make it a, a thing that, okay, I, I missed a day, or I messed up, so now I'm done. Get back in there, you know, get, get back towards prayer and reading scripture. If you need one of the guides we printed up, I know we ran out last week, but we've got uh, more of these guides available. Pick one up before you leave and, and just follow it this week. Just see if it's not a blessing to your week as you spend just a little bit of time with the Lord. And, and maybe some of you are saying, okay, that's, I'm looking for something a little bit deeper you know, that, that's okay, but I, I want to, you know, I want to spend a little bit more time in the Word. We've got a few other uh, resources that are available for you today. As you leave on the tables in the lobby, you'll see some of these colorful books. And really, it's kind of up to you which one you feel like maybe would be something that you would want to pursue. We've got and this uh, purple one is a 100-day New Testament reading plan. And so you can just stick this in your Bible, and every day has got a little... You know, it's assigned a day, and you can just follow that, and, and you'll be able to read through the New Testament in 100 days. This is a six-month New Testament reading plan, so if you feel like, well, that might be a little bit heavy for me, I'd like to take my time a little bit more and, and, and kind of just absorb the Word a little more, then this one would be a, a better solution for you, six-month. And then this one here is a one-year full Bible reading plan, so if you say, I want to do the Old Testament and the New Testament, and it's not... It's not like chronological, like starting in Genesis and going all the way to Revelation. Every day has got four different Bible readings. So one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament, a Psalm and a Proverbs, some combination thereon. And uh, so this might be a, a good option for some of you if you say, I want to go a year and get through the entire Bible. But we want to make sure these are available to you. Uh, those of you online, we do have digital versions of this available as well on our website, as well as a 21-day challenge. Really, all this is geared to just say, let's, let's take steps together. Because what I know is that we, we are not... And, and I know I'm casting a wide net here, but, but it's true. We are not understanding the Bible. We're, we're having a, a difficult time reading it. We're having a very difficult time in prayer. It's hard to understand, okay, what, what's the deal with prayer? And am I doing it right? And am, am I using the right kind of language? And how does God hear? And how does he respond? And what am I supposed to pray for? And, and how does it all work? And, there, and then you add to that. That there is a ton of misinformation out there. Uh, things that sound kind of spiritual, so we wonder, is that right or not? I hear this all the time. Is it, well, am I supposed to recite certain prayers? And can I, do I, some people claim that you pray to relatives that have passed on and say, well, I, I stand, you know, communication with, 
with someone that I, I loved, or you know, maybe I should pray to other religious figures. And all of this, all this misinformation has caused a great deal of frustration and has led an alarming number of people to walk away from their faith. They say, well, I'm just not feeling it. I'm just not getting anything out of this. I'm, I'm giving up on prayer. I'm giving up on reading the Bible. And then we do that and we wonder why there are so many people struggling with depression and anxiety sense of you know loss of purpose why do we feel isolated why is there so much violence and suicide and pain and you you look at the the alarming number of people walking away from God and you say well of course that's it's the absence of God's presence in their life and I, I believe that all that can be directly linked back to our lack of prayer and our lack of faith we have a God who knows us and wants to be known by us and he wants us To spend a little time with Him. Just come before Him. Come into His presence. And when we do that, when we just spend time with God, good things follow. They always do. I think that every single one of us have had the the same kind of frustration with God. Uh, When we've prayed for something to happen. Maybe you prayed for a marriage that was falling apart, seemed like it was hanging on by a thread. And so you prayed and said, okay, God needs you to move in this. And instead of things getting better, it got worse and it ended. Or you prayed for a person who was sick. You said, Lord, I know that you have, you're in control. This world's yours, they're yours, I'm yours. And you pray for this person that is sick. And instead of them getting better, they get worse and they die. Or you pray for a job or some kind of ongoing pain issue. What do you do when God seems uncooperative what do you do when you're really a sincere follower of Jesus and you believe that God could answer your prayer and God does not answer your prayer at least doesn't answer it the way that you were asking last week I mentioned the prayer that Jesus prayed he's teaching us he said when you pray pray like this we call it the Lord's Prayer in uh, Matthew chapter 6 and, and I really mentioned just the first line. Just look at just the first line. I said, that's one of the most powerful lines in the whole prayer when Jesus says, when you pray, say, our Father. He was the fir- Jesus is the first one to come along and say, you know, he's your Father. He's not, he's not some unapproachable person. He's, he's your Father. God wants to know you, and he wants you to know him as a Father. But, the, but while that part of the prayer may be comforting, the next line is extremely challenging Matthew 6 verse 10 the New Living Translation says it this way may your kingdom come soon and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven other versions say your kingdom come your will be done and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven why why is that so challenging Why, why, why would that be so tough true prayer is not about getting God to do what we want Him to do. It's not what it is. True prayer is not about getting God to do what I want. It's about surrendering our will to what God wants. What does God want to do? What's His agenda for you? It's really about this. It's about embracing God's agenda. This is what Jesus was saying in the second line of the Lord's Prayer. 
God is your father. He loves you. He's there for you. He's looking out for you. He's, he's got the best of intentions for you. He's for you. He wants you to come to him. But as you do that, as you come before him, when you're praying and you're fasting and you're, you're going through these challenges and you're, you're saying, I want to spend a little time with God, remember that this is all about his will being done, not our own. Not about what I want, not about my view for the world or what I think is best. And that's really what we all struggle with, isn't it? That's where, that's where the problem lies. Because I want, I want God to answer every prayer that I pray the way that I pray it. Because in our, in our shallow thinking, we really believe we've got everything figured out. I, I, I know what's best. I've gotten so tired of hearing deconversion stories it's really it's really wearing me down when i see another one of my friends or someone that i grew up with that that is deconstructing their faith Uh, and it always follows a similar pattern first they talk about how much of a committed christian that they were they used to be you know, I, oh, I went to church, I was there all the time, I believed, I was so devout, I was so devoted. You know, the more dramatic, the better. Then they'll talk about how they believed every word, of the, I believed every word of the Bible. And then they'll talk about some pain that they experienced, something that's happened to them, or to someone they care about, or whatever. They were forced to, so they were then forced to open their mind up to other possibilities. And then they talk about how their previous church or the christian community the people around them were just you know they turned on them and now they feel so much better even though there was just a bunch of hypocrites there I, I, now that i'm not ignoring the truth anymore like my like my church did now they're enlightened now i know better now now i've, I've and I, I just want to drag as many people along with me as i can but there's one thing that they never talk about in those stories i'm deconstructing my faith one thing that's never mentioned And it's at the heart of why so many people leave their faith. It's that we don't understand pain. We don't get it. Why? Why would this happen? This is is where everything begins to, where the wheels fall off. Why, if God is loving, and if he's in control, then why doesn't he always take it away? Why would I have to walk through this? The Bible says that God created the world and it was perfect. And then he gave us free choice. And that's where everything started going downhill almost immediately. We're in a world that's gone awry. And when we don't understand and categorize difficulty, we'll always be abandoning the Lord. Because I don't understand it. I don't know why I'm walking here. And so it must be God's fault or I'm going to project something on him and I'm going to walk away from him. Some people say, why doesn't God just take suffering away? I don't know why God does or doesn't do the things that he does or doesn't do. I I don't have the mind of God. He hasn't revealed a lot of those things to us. But I, I do know that there is no formula for a miracle. Anybody who claims... And they say, oh, if you want to see a miracle happen, these are the steps. This is guaranteed every single time. Or you, you, know, or you send money to this place, or you pray this prayer, or you do these things, and you're guaranteed to see a miracle. They're lies. Those people are liars and false prophets. There's no, there's no guaranteed formula for a miracle, but there are a few things that we need to understand about prayer. And the first thing is we embrace God's agenda. Your kingdom come and your will be done. I, heard a, I read a great uh, quote this week. 
in a daily devotional that I was reading. It said this, it said, The power of prayer is not primarily in asking God for what you want, but it's in aligning your life with His agenda. When we know God's purpose, we can pray for things and God will say yes. It's all, it's all about surrender. It's all about me saying, okay, Lord, check me. You know, Keep me where you want me. Keep me moving in the direction that you've planned for my life. And one thing to keep in mind is that sickness and pain, that was never part of God's will. It was never part of God's intention or his will for his children to suffer. God has not caused the problems in your life. They're not his fault. He didn't do it. He's not, he's, he's not like the, the kid on the anthill with the magnifying glass just seeing who he can burn up. That, that is not our God. And that's part of why we pray and when we do pray that we should pray boldly uh, you know, for God to intervene. Let's, let's not pray. Let, let's, just, let's move away from this of praying for God. You know, please, please heal this person of cancer if that's your will. Let's stop praying like that. Cancer was never part of his will. Cancer was never part of his plan. I, I, for me, I want to pray boldly and say, God, get rid of this cancer. That's what, that's what we are asking. But understand that as we pray those prayers, as we come before him boldly and with faith, that sometimes he will say no. Sometimes he will. Sometimes he's going to say, no, it's, it's time for them to just come on home. And one day you'll be there too. And we need to remember that prayer isn't about just getting our way. It's oftentimes it's about surrendering our will. May your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. And we may say, God, even though I really wish you would do this, I'm coming before you as a father and I'm really asking for this. This is really what I want. But I'm going to trust you in the middle of this no matter what. There's something else I've found to be true as we, as we keep praying. We've got to embrace God's agenda, but also know that prayer takes persistence. If, you, if we're really being honest with ourselves, pretty much all of us are experts at giving up too early on things. This is the time of the year. This is the time. If you were one that made a New Year's resolution, this is the week, baby. You've already gone back. Like, nope, that was too much, too hard. I tried the 21-day thing. I made it to day three, and I said, nope, I'm not giving up my cookies or whatever it is. I'm, 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 trying, to, you know, I'm trying to be a more positive person, but traffic has already peeved me off for the last time. I'm done. I'm right back to where I was. We're really good at giving up too early on, on things, especially things that are important. And, and this is the week of the drop-off. We, the truth is, the truth is, in the persistence, in the endurance, in the hard work, that's where life change happens. It's not in the easy, it's not in the emotional and I'm excited and wow, I'm going to tear off and make this big new change. This is something that's going to be a big deal in my life. That's not where change happens. It's in the grind. It's in the, the daily where we keep putting one foot in front of the other, the hard work. The worthwhile hard work. But when we lose momentum and we give up, that's when we lose. We've got to keep pushing. We've got to keep persevering. We don't give up too soon. That's, this is a reoccurring theme in the Bible. It talks over and over and over again about finish the race. Keep running. You know, don't, don't trip and fall or turn around and go back. But you've got to keep 
grinding it out. There is a, a fascinating story in the New Testament in Mark 8. You know, I love when I'm reading Scripture and I see something. I'm like, how did I miss this for all these years? And this was one that I'm like, I know I've read it, but it just, it just never like clicked of what's actually happening here. But in Mark chapter 8, Jesus is, is out and he's been teaching and, and doing all these things. And it says that he and the disciples, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. And Jesus took the blind man by the hand and he led him out of the village. Then, this would not fly with COVID-19, but spitting on the man's eyes, <laughs> he laid his hands on him and he asked, just track with this, spits on his eyes, laid his hands on him and he asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Now, I just, I, I, know, I know about the story of healing the blind and all this kind of stuff, but this one, I just, I don't know how I missed this, but if we're honest, most of us, if we're in this situation, somebody's, somebody's come to us, they've got a, a physical problem, they're like, man, I'm praying for this person, I'm praying for them, and then this happened. And they're like, well, oh, man, I kind of see, like I see maybe 40%. I've, I've got a, I can see kind of some shapes. You would say, oh, my goodness, how amazing is that? Well, it's too bad you didn't get all your sight back. But wow, how great they can see a little bit. Praise God for sort of answering our prayer. That's what a lot of us would do. But look what happened next. In verse 25, it said, then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again. And his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored. And he could see everything clearly. This is such a crazy thing that happened. I mean, you think about, think about what's playing out. And I wonder, why did it happen like this? Why is this story in the Bible? Why, what would Jesus want us to know about prayer from this event? Because here we have Jesus, whose first prayer doesn't take. So he prays for him again. And if Jesus, who is God himself has to pray for somebody two times, why would I be discouraged if I've got to pray for somebody 200 times? Prayer takes persistence. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep on praying. So you've got a son or daughter that doesn't want to follow the Lord. Their life is all screwed up. And you say, don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You keep on praying for them. You, you don't give up. You don't stop praying. You don't stop coming boldly before God and saying, Lord, I need you to move in their life. Give me the right words. Put people in their life. Whatever, whatever it will take, continue until your last breath, until the day that you die, you continue to pray for that person. And you don't give up that prayer until the day God, that God calls you home. Because what happens, we tend to say, you know, God, this is what I need. I need this. And if you'll do this, then I'll have what I need. This is what I need. And God says, no, this is not what you need. In this case, what you need is my presence. You need more of me. I'm enough. I am sufficient. And my grace in this situation is what you need. It's, it's the leaning in presence of God. He continues to lean toward us, not away from us. You know, God, God just say, I, I could do that right now. Lickety split. I could snap my fingers and, and make it happen just the way you're asking. I've done it before. And I may do something similar, but in this particular case, you're going to experience me in a way that you could not if I just did what you wanted me to do for you. 
because I've, I've got plans. We're, we're on a journey together. It's the leaning in, reaching presence of God. It's something that's so hard to explain, you just have to experience it. It's where a lot of people get frustrated. They say, yeah, you keep talking about that. You keep talking about that. Uh, and I know it's hard. You can't really understand the grace of God until you've experienced the grace of God. People say, you know, someone who's gone through a horrendous tragedy, they'll come and say, how are, you, how are you surviving this? How are you getting through this? And until you've been in that position, you, only you would understand, I, I, I don't know, but man, God has been so good. And I, just, I, I know that he's with me and he's doing something. People are like, oh, I, just, I would just be falling apart if I were you. Oh, I'm so sorry, I'd just be falling apart. But you're so strong. How are you doing this? I don't know. I'm not very strong. But God is doing something in my life. It's the presence of God at that moment that's enough. We ask and we trust at the same time. Because prayer is about surrendering, surrendering our will and aligning our agenda with God's agenda. And that, that leads to the last point that I, I want to make today is that belief makes things possible. We've got to pray boldly. We've got to pray boldly and have faith that God's going to answer our prayer. Because he will answer. It may not be the way that we want, but he, he does promise to hear and to respond. But we've got to align our agenda with him. This past week, uh, one of our church, you know, the last Sunday, we, uh, we had Butch Pulliam up here on stage and prayed with Butch. And he's our a new elder here at Fairdale Christian Church. And that's a great moment celebrating with him. And then a couple of days later, his wife, Nita, has a stroke. And she can't talk. She can't. She says, I don't know anything, can't figure out what's going on. We take her to the hospital immediately. Text messages are going out. People are praying, and we're praying, and, and we're blessed here. We got some, when you talk about some prayers, man, we got some prayers in this church, just fervent prayer warriors. And so I know people all over the place just on their knees praying for Nita Pulliam and God, you, and boldly. You know, we're not just asking for, for, oh, you know, help her, be with her, God, whatever your will is. We're praying, God, we want, we want full restoration. We're praying, we're praying that you would have her, your hand upon her and that you protect her and everything that needs to happen. That, that was the way we were praying. And the doctors are caring for her and they said, you're a miracle. We don't, we don't know how in the world this has happened. She's here today, by the way. She's sitting right here on the front, second row. It always, always amazes me. I hear stories like that, and I see stories like that, people in my life like that, where medical professionals say, we don't know, we don't know how this happened. You, you've got no damage. You've got no repercussions. You've got nothing. It's just, this is a miracle. How did this happen? It's like, we know how that happens. We know exactly how that happens. We have a God who answers prayer. When we come before him and we believe and we trust. Mark chapter 9, there was a father that came to Jesus with his son who was sick. And the father said to Jesus, if you can do anything, please help him. And Jesus said to him, well, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Help me with those little pockets of doubt. Help me with that. The, the, I still got a little, I've still got a little bit of 
something in my, in my history. I've got a little bit of, you know, maybe it's trauma, maybe it's doubt, maybe I, I've been disappointed. Whatever, help me overcome those little pockets of doubt because I want to trust you fully and I want to say, yep, align my will with your will. But it's hard and when you pray for somebody, you've got to trust. And you've got to believe. Any percentage of partial belief is okay. You know, it's, it's just a mustard seed of faith is fine. That's, that's more than enough. If, but if we don't have even that little bit of faith, we're wasting our breath. That prayer is not worth praying if we're not going to believe. Something's not going to be unlocked. I was, I was reading this past week a blog post from a pastor that I follow. And he was telling a story of uh, being asked to pray for a young person in his church that was paralyzed in a car accident. So he got this group of people together, all these praying people. And they're all, they're all praying and asking for God to move. And he, he wrote, and he said, when, when I'm praying for somebody, I'm also asking if they're seeing or feeling anything. And he said, in, in that story with uh, Jesus and the, 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 the son that was sick, he said, the, man told, or the blind man, the man told Jesus that he saw trees. So Jesus went back and started praying for that. So if someone tells me, man, I feel a lot of heat here, then I want to put my hand there. So when we were done praying, I said, like I normally do, do you feel any different? And instantaneously, half of the people in the room let out a nervous laughter. Instantaneously. He said, now I've got a lot of regrets in my life, but one of my regrets in that moment is that I didn't say, okay, all you people who just laughed, I need you to leave the room right now because you don't believe. They didn't even have a mustard seed of faith. Don't beat yourself up if you've got pockets of unbelief. Don't be discouraged. Don't feel like you're a bad Christian if you, if you say, boy, I'm still struggling with this. I wish God would help me overcome my unbelief. You've just got to have enough belief that you want to pray, that I want to come before God. It's not the religious practice of how we pray, but there's something about coming before him and believing and trusting and loving him and knowing that he's our father, that he just moves in that because he's the one that does it it's faith to believe that he'll move and one of the reasons that a lot of people mature christians uh, good christians one of the reasons they don't experience god is we pray very very vague prayers lord bless my day you know, oh be, be with me today. I hope things go well. Lord, help, help this day today. And you know, he may do that. But then how are you going to know whether or not he did that? How are you going to know whether or not he actually helped you have a good day or whatever? Somebody once said, nothing becomes really dynamic until it becomes specific. And the thing about miracles, they're called miracles for a reason. They don't happen all the time. And while we want to pray boldly, we want to pray specifically. We're asking and we're trusting at the same time. We're saying, Lord, align my will with your will, and we're surrendering that way. And I, I, I'll tell you, I pray for many, many things, and I, my heart is still broken very, very often. I don't know why some people get a yes and why some people get a no. God can love you very much and not heal you. He can love you very much and not say yes to your prayer. And that topic will cause us to doubt ourselves say maybe I didn't have enough faith maybe I didn't do the right thing but if we don't if we don't know how much God loves us it'll make us doubt God's playing for eternity he's got a much 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 bigger vision than we have he sees this life as a as a mist as a very brief moment
that exists very short for a very short period of time. And the more that we're in love with this world, the more we will feel entitled to have this world work the way we want it to. And the harder time we're going to have leaving this world and loving God. And the harder time we're going to have living a life of value. God's waiting for, for normal sons and daughters, you and me, to come to him. To draw near to God, he will draw near to you. It's an, and it's an exciting journey together that we, we have the opportunity to go on. I, I pray that you will learn like never before, not to just pray, but to experience God in prayer. Because there's so much that he wants to say to us. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for... You're just, you're just a God who is invested in each one of us. And I know that you, you're loving each of us very deeply. And Lord, we, we tend to be hot and cold and all over the place. But you're faithful. No matter what we do, you're, you're still faithful. Help us to be more like that. Help us to learn what it means to stay faithful. To become faithful and stay that way. Help us to become persistent, to keep doing the things that you call us to do, even when we don't see instantaneous results. Help us to play the long game, to walk with you for a lifetime and spend eternity with you. I thank you so much for Jesus, for his grace. Thank you that you forgive our sins. I pray that we would experience that grace uh, this week as we go through, we spend time with you in prayer. We spend time with you by fasting and just setting our hearts and minds toward you. Lord, just help us to, to know and experience what your grace is like. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. I'll see you next week.